Shabbat, Perik Bet, Mishnah Gimel. So we're going to uh, continue with the subject of the wicks that uh, we can't use for Shabbat lamps and lights. Kol min in Malikim Bo. We cannot um, light Shabbat lights with a wick made from anything that comes from a tree, El Apishtan, except for the wicks, the wick made out of a flax. So, as in, you can take some parts of a tree and you can make them into wicks, but these wicks don't absorb oil easily and they're flame flickers. We can't use them as Shabbat lights. But if we're using it with flax, which has been combed, that can be used, that, that produces a steady flame. Remember, in the first Mishnah we, of this parak, we said that we can't use uncombed flax. Um, anything that comes from a tree, a roof that's made out of anything that comes from a tree, does not become tameh with tumat ohalim, which is tent tumah, when there's a, a met, a corpse beneath it, except for the roof made of flax. So let's say you've got a tent, you've got something, a roof, something under a roof, um, and there's and and a person or utensils under in this tent in this ohel under this roof, um, at the same time as a, as a corpse as a met that person becomes tamet. That is tumat ohalim, and there's also an additional aspect that the roof itself can become tamet. So there's a difference between a roof made out of flax and wood. If the roof is made of flax, that becomes tamet, but a roof that is made out of wood does not become tamet. Um, so that is a difference between between anything that's made from a tree and um, flax. Now, we're going to discuss now um, a wick made from a cloth that is of a particular size um, you, to use that as a Shabbat light. So we see we, there's a concept, there's, a, there's something called a beged that we translate as a garment. But in this context, it's talking about a piece of cloth that's large enough to become useful. Now, the smallest measurement of cloth that meets this requirement is three by three finger finger breadths. Um, that can be used as a patch. So now we're talking about a wick that's formed by twisting a cloth that is three by three fi- finger breadths wide, okay? And an area of three by three. So we're talking about now a wick made out of a, of a, of a beggar that is three by three. Shekifla that was twisted, but did not singe, okay? So what they would do is they'd twist this this wick and they'd singe it because that makes it easier to light. Now that was not done um, in the context of this wick, okay? And we're talking about a wick that was twisted into shape before Yom Tov. Rebeliezer says Tamea. So it is since it's been twisted and not singed, it is still called a beged. We still consider it to be a beged, and it can become tame. Okay? Just twisting it into a into into a wick does doesn't change its status as a beged according to Rebeliezer. It's also got to be singed. And therefore, when Friday's a Yom Tov, we cannot then light on Friday night into Shabbat, we cannot light with it, with this with this wick that we've made out of the Beged, is because once we light this wick that was three by three, it immediately becomes slightly smaller. And therefore, it changes status from a Beged into a non-Beged. Now, this also changes its halachic status from a Beged to a non-Beged. And therefore, there's a category of Nolad, Something that's newborn, okay, that that is mukseh, and it cannot be mu- it cannot be used. So now, once it's mukseh, you can't continue to hold the flame to it because that, I mean, you know, when you hold a shabbat a light, you need to hold the, the 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 flame to it. So therefore, you can't use it as a shabbat light on yom tov. 
Okay, so so therefore that is problematic. Contrary as a Rabbi Akiva Omer, Rabbi Akiva says Taharahi. First of all, it is Tahar. It cannot be, it cannot become Tameh because he considers it to stop being a beggar once you've twisted into a wick. Once the the piece of cloth is twisted, it's no longer a beggar even without singeing it. Okay, now it's no longer a beggar, it cannot become Tamer. And also, therefore, we can kindle, we can light the Shabbat light with it even on Friday, that is Yom Tov. Because once it's already stopped being a beggar before it was lit, its halachic status does no, doesn't change anymore once it's lit. So, therefore, it does not become Mukser, and therefore, it can be used on Yom Tov. So, there's no issue of Nolad. Shabbat Peret Bet's Mishnah Dalad. So, now another, another preface. Putting out a light, putting out a fire on Shabbat, extinguishing a fire is one of the 39 malachot. Now, if you remove oil from a lit light lamp on Shabbat, you are guilty of doing this malachah, even though you didn't directly put out the flame, because, but because the flame will come out sooner than it did, it, it transgresses this, this prohibition. So, therefore, to prevent people from removing oil from a lamp, we're going to see some prohibitions regarding this. So, the first one is, adam shemen A person cannot make a hole in an empty eggshell, fill it with oil, and place it on the mouth of a lamp. Okay, now, lamps in those days were, um, were like a bowl, um, and it had a short tube at the end, and, and oil was poured into this bowl through a hole at the top, and then, and then there was a wick threading through this, through this, through this tip. Okay. Now they put an eggshell in the mouth of this bowl. Okay. Um, so we can't use an eggshell in the mouth of this bowl. So in order that the oil of the eggshell will drip into the lamp, drip, drip into the lamp and fuel the flame. Okay. This is prohibited because we're concerned that someone might seed the oil in the eggshell, take out some of the oil. Okay, and then and then you know that will reduce the amount of time that the flame is going to be lit for, and that that was going to be classified under the melacha of extinguishing a fire because it causes the flame to go out sooner. Okay, so this is this is again a con in the context that the oil is in a separate reservoir. Okay, not in the lamp itself. If the oil is in the lamp itself, there's no chashash. There's no concern that other person is going to take it out. Now, this. It's not only if it's an eggshell, even if it's made out of earthenware, okay? Even though an earthenware container is not clean and the oil is, is, is not really going to be fit for consumption, there's a concern that someone might still take it out, okay? Not just for eating, but there's a concern that you might take it out for, for another use. Now, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, he permits it. He permits using a lamp with a separate reservoir, whether it's an eggshell or earthenware, because people are unlikely to remove oil from it. So therefore, there's no need for gazera to prohibit people from doing so. Okay, because people are going to clearly see the oils coming from the reservoir into the lamp, and, and you know they're going to un understand that the oil fuels the lamp and can't be taken. Now, Aval, the, in the following circumstance, we even the Talakama, even the first opinion would would permit using a lamp that has a reservoir. Now, if the craftsman who made the lamp attached the reservoir to the bowl when he first made it, okay, or the owner attached it before Shabbat in a way that it looks professional, everyone agrees it's permitted to be used. Because in that case, it is one vessel and the reservoir is part of the lamp. So a person will realise that the oil is meant for the lamp and cannot be removed. So that kind of lamp is not removed. If the, if the reservoir is firmly attached to the lamp. Now, in the now we're going to discuss a case where the lamp has a separate reservoir of oil. A person cannot fill a bowl of oil, 
put it next. Put it next to the lamp. And place the under end of, of the, the wick into it. So, so it's a it kind of forming a, a reservoir outside of the lamp, and then the wick falls through and draws through, and then it goes through to where the, the wick is lit. Why can't we do this? So that why do we do that? So that the wick will draw off from the lamp. So again, there's a concern that you're going to see the separate reservoir. And you might just take some oil from that reservoir. So the rabbis were concerned that you're going to do that. Rabbi Huda Matir, Rabbi Huda permits it because he, again, he doesn't consider it to be likely that a person's going to remove any of the oil.